Welcome to Ron and Nick's Best Friend Podcast, where we talk about finding the friend who helps us live in freedom, truth, and love. That's the truth. Hey! Welcome to Ron and Nick's Best Friend Podcast. What was that? I don't know. It just started a little crazy. I guess you can't live without. This is the Bible study version. Of the podcast. Of the podcast. Hey, listen, don't be scared because I said Bible study, okay? Because this can be really kind of fun sometimes. You know why it's fun? Because exactly what you told me just before we went on. What's that? Uh, you always look at me because I'm always scared because I don't know where it's going to go. I don't think you're scared anymore. <laughs> I don't think you're scared anymore. But you got to admit that when you... We are doing this live. We're going to the Bible which the Holy Spirit wrote because he, he loves, loves us. us and he wants to have a relationship with yeah, us. Yeah, this is a relational book. He's, a, he's inviting us into relationship all the time. So when we look at it, we're trying to connect to the Holy Spirit, right. but we're actually doing it live and trying to do it like the, the first people who ever would have received this. You know, And, and, we, and, I, and, and you can see I'm, I'm going to my Bible. <laughs> verse of the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, verse of the day. That's what my Bible saying. Okay. Um, we're in where now? We are in the, we've been going through the Gospel of John, chapter 11, one verse at a time, and we're up to verse 55. We're up to verse 55. Um, no, we only got two weeks left of this. Two, huh? Yeah, I'm, and I've told you several times, those of you who have gone along with us, is I have not in my life ever finished a series that I ever started, so I'm actually pretty proud of myself. Yeah, but you also said this, and you said it last week, and it's bold statement. That it's probably one of the best Bible studies you've ever heard. I said it is the best Bible study I've ever heard. Okay, and I know you're not. You don't say stuff like that because you're doing it. No, I don't. I believe it's the best Bible study I've ever heard because of the because of the way we're doing it. This is not inductive Bible study. This isn't you know um, precept on precept. There's all kinds of Bible studies out there, and you're not going to find this kind of Bible study at uh, at your local you know bookstore. This is, this is actually what I believe, that this is the way you're supposed to interact with the thing that the Holy Spirit wrote. You're supposed to talk to him, and you're supposed to enter into it with him and let it go wherever it goes. And that's exactly what's happened now for, this is the 55th week that we've done this. Yeah. And I'll just, well, let me ask you a question. Because and I, I joke you, okay, I, I joke know what you. You're gonna say, but well, go ahead. Well, over the years, I've said things to you like I've quoted something, and you go, "What is the, what is your quote back?" Does that say that in the Bible? Is that in the Bible? Okay, so this is the first time, really, in your life that you've ever done what I would call yeah, an intense I Bible agree. study. How? What's it been like for you? I'll tell you this: if I'm ever in a group and we're on John chapter 11, I have a lot to say i'll have to kind of shut my mouth uh, and give different perspective of what the holy spirit has showed me through this past 55 weeks exactly do you feel like i mean i really know has the holy spirit spoken to you absolutely okay it would be tremendous if i did the whole bible like this okay so you really know john chapter 11 which isn't the point what do you you well i got you do do you feel like you know him better absolutely the author uh, absolutely absolutely how he works his timing, uh, his love, yeah, his ability to let you do what you're going to do, and still guide. I mean, there's a lot in. There. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so best Bible study I've ever heard, and all of it is on our website on uh, www.ronandnicksbestfriend.com. You also put uh, notes in there. 
Yeah, well, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, uh, in t- a couple of weeks we'll finish, and there'll be one single uh, p- blog post that will have a link to every episode and the notes for every single episode in one post. They've been coming out weekly all along, mm-hmm. um, but now they're going to all exist in one document, one blog post where you can go to, you can read the notes, you can click on it, you can listen to the podcast. You could use it in your own um, Bible study with people if you wanted to. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, I'm going back to verse 45 because that's the, the last break in the story to get us up to where we are today. Verse 45, therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. What did Jesus do? Raised them from the raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the, I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to tell on you for raising the guy from the dead. That's, yeah, I've been told on for a lot of worse things. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin, which is the, the ruling body. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. Verse 51. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the desert to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. Here's our verse. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. This is the verse. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. Holy Spirit, tell, tell us <clears throat> why oh, you put this, uh, why you wanted us to know this, why you put this into the story, and lead us into deeper relationship with you. All right. What do you think? Help us, Holy Spirit. So if you're if you're watching or listening and trying this, here's what happens now. You read it, there it is, that's the next thought. The question is actually Holy Spirit tell us why and you don't edit. Just let him tell you whatever he tells you and then go with it and see where it leads. All right, well here here it is. I, I this is it says when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went from the country to Jerusalem. Uh the only thought that came to my mind is, okay, it sounded like, because they said village, uh, wilderness in the village. It sounds like Jesus is going uh, to the country, to, to, to the outskirts, and people from the outskirts are going to Jerusalem for the Passover. It's almost like, hey, man, aren't you supposed to, hey, Jesus, aren't you supposed to be going to Jerusalem? Mm. Why are you hanging out you know, in the, in the outer part of the big, big city? Uh, not celebrating the Passover. That, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but that, that's what struck out to me so far. I never thought of that. Really? No, never thought of that before. That's, that's actually very interesting. That the all the Jews, 
again, the Jewish people are doing what the Jewish people do. They're, they're gathering. They're, they're headed towards Jerusalem. And at this moment, Jesus is going the other direction. He's going out into the country, and the Jews are going into the city. Hmm. For their ceremonial cleansing, and I'm really not sure what that means. Uh, is that a conf confession or literally cleansing or confess? Um, what, what is that? Do you, I don't know what that means, ceremonial cleansing. Well, I'm not... Well, it's ceremonial, so it's not yeah, physical. I'm not an expert on the the Jewish rituals uh, surrounding Passover. Um, but this is part of their we, annual celebration. What is Passover? Of, it's the annual celebration of um, leaving Egypt. Okay. The Passover, <clears throat> the Passover was when the angel of... They, they, the, you know, Moses is getting them out. Moses, through, you know, Moses and God are getting um, the, the slaves of uh, the enslaved people, Israel getting them out of Egypt and taking them away to the promised land and the plagues come and then the last plague is the angel of death is going to pass over the land and kill the firstborn yeah. in every home and he says what do you remember the the thing they paint the blood uh, over the door uh, doorposts right. or on the doorposts and, uh, right. and and over the door and when the angel of death sees it he passes over that house and then the the firstborn there would be spared so this is the annual celebration it's a it's a big big deal and this is where all the people are coming flooding into jerusalem in order to prepare themselves and i guess this uh this ceremonial cleansing um, must be that you have to be in Judaism it was all about purity like you had to you had to be clean right. you, you couldn't touch um, things that were unholy because they made you unholy so you, in order to participate in the Passover meal and yeah. celebrate it you had to get yourself right with God it doesn't seem <laughs> okay no you did yeah I got it and I think part of the, I, I'm not well, sure. I, I laughed when you said that because God is going in the country. Yeah. And uh, you got to go get yourself right with yeah, God yeah. if you're going into the city. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And and I'm not sure, but and pr people probably know this better than I do, but I think the ceremonial cleansing was that you had to go and offer the right sacrifice at the temple. Like that would go along with, you know, whatever status you were so that you would be cleansed enough before God you're in talking order. about sacrifice meaning money or cattle or well all the sacrifices were blood sacrifices so remember when he kicks over the money changers right, tables right. okay what what's what's going on there is that normal regular sacrifices are going on and the money changers are there because you couldn't use foreign coins to purchase a dove right, or a goat or something to be sacrificed on on your behalf you had to use um jewish money uh and oh, so they were so they were jacking the up changers. the exchange rate right oh my God. they were jacking up the exchange rate to make money off of these people who were coming to god oh to get to to make their sacrifices and so that's someone was making money off religion someone was making money off of people's 
uh, getting right with God, which is what I've evidently made Jesus very angry because he made a he made a cord out of whips. Dan Carter, yes, he did, uh, and <laughs> which is an inside joke, and and whipped them and kicked over their tables. And evidently, God, God, Jesus doesn't like people getting in the way of God the Father and putting obstacles between him and making money off of it. Made him very angry. So I'm thinking that's what this is. Like they're coming there, probably a little bit of head, a little ahead of time, um, in order to get. Because can you imagine, like the, all the Jews who can, are coming to Jerusalem. They have to come to the temple because there's no place else to go that is legit to make your sacrifice. So there's got to be a huge number of people in a line. So they start to come. Well, let me go ahead and I'll get my sacrifice done. So I'll be ready for the Passover. Listen, I'm going to sound really ignorant when I say this, but it, it, aren't there places even before in the in scripture that Jesus says your sins are forgiven all the time, right? Or because you believe you're healed. No, 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 that's what I'm thinking. No, he says that. He says to the guy that gets lowered down through the roof um, right. at that one point, he says, you know, son, your sins are forgiven. And that really ticks off the religious well, leaders. Well, I guess so. Now that I understand a little bit more of how your sins are forgiven right. and you become one with God during the Passover, and it's just very interesting that there's a guy in the, in the country that you don't even need to do a sacrifice. Right. You could just kind of go to him in belief. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what they said to him when, when he says that to the, to the, the, the lame guy on the mat? And he says, you're, what authority? You're, um, they said, who can forgive sins but God alone? <laughs> Which was like, duh. You know, like Jesus was actually saying to them, I'm God. And they were, obviously not getting it that's happening all the time that happens throughout the story jesus is is saying he's god in ways that allow them room to to consider and and to believe so that's very it's a cool thing you're talking about okay the the jesus leaves and they come um it also says many went it doesn't say everyone went yeah, well, everyone who could, okay. if you could, and I okay. actually think there was, um, there was this, well, here's, here's religion. This is exactly what religion is. Religion is absolute until it becomes very inconvenient. <laughs> Are we calling somebody? Oh, gosh, sorry. <laughs> That's good. Go You're still calling somebody. No, go ahead. <laughs> Religion. religion is religion is absolute until it becomes very inconvenient or it seems impossible so it, it's is it is it true and I, I have to go look this up what what happens eventually is you have to make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem I think at least once in your lifetime to be a a Jew in good standing um Whereas God's direction, as far as I know, the absolute direction was in order to celebrate the Passover, you had to present the correct sacrifice, period, and be ready to celebrate Passover. Okay. Um, 
you know, whatever for your family, you know, for, for an individual, the, a goat, a dove or whatever. And when, when that doesn't really work out because there's too many people to do it, then it becomes, okay, well, just do it once in your lifetime. And that way you can be in good standing with religion. That's the way religion always acts. Religion is always like, well, I mean, eh, this isn't really convenient. This is not possible. Um, we'll just do it this way. And it's the way people still act to this day. Speak only those words that are helpful for others and build them up according to their needs. Okay, well, I mostly do that. Where it's an absolute command. And religion accommodates it. But God doesn't. Anyway, I'll probably get, I'll have to go look at that and see if I'm right about the Jewish changes, if that was a change or not. What else do you see? I think that's all I got right now. I think that what I see here is all of, all of this, all that's been going on, you know, Jesus was born 33 plus years ago. He's born in a place that no one knows. He's actually born in a place kind of like where he is now. It's Ephraim is not a, you know, it's more like where I grew up, Fishersville. You don't even know where it is. He grew up in Nazareth. Nazareth, um, And for 30 years, no one basically knows who he is, what he is, what he's doing. He comes on the scene and begins to minister publicly with the, you know, inauguration with John the Baptist. And all of that has been kind of unwinding. And if you watch, remember what I told you about this story from John chapter 11 all the way through, you go, man, this is, this, this is slow. Yeah, right. I mean, get on with it. Right. Just go raise the guy from the dead. You told everybody you were going to do it. Right. Why don't you just get on with it? And, it, and you, you, whenever you're arguing with God about timing, you're in a losing argument because you're we, we always think things should happen faster than they do. That's a good word. But all of that is unwound. And so in the macro story, which is Jesus, his, his whole life, um, it's unwinding to a point. And in the micro story in John chapter 11, it's unwinding to a point where, you know, Lazarus is raised. So there's, there's something that God is doing. And, and here, when we talk about Passover, do you recognize, do you understand the language What's getting ready to happen? Okay. Jesus is the Passover lamb. The fulfillment of the prophecy that the, you know, blind squirrel of a chief priest, Caiaphas, you know, said a few verses ago, don't you see it's better that one man die for the nation than, than all of us perish? That guy is the lamb of God who is out in the country, you know, where a lamb would be. He's getting ready to be. He's getting ready to come into the city and go and be sacrificed and become the Passover lamb, so that Caiaphas's blind squirrel prophecy will come true. That one man will die for the nation, but he won't die the way that Caiaphas thinks he will. Um, and he will be the ultimate blood. His blood will be the ultimate blood that gets painted over your doorpost that says the angel of death will pass over you. What I'm getting at is like, look at the exquisite timing, exquisite timing of God. Yeah. Like Jesus could have died for your sins, for our sins at any point in on, 
on our timeline, it would almost be like, okay, why did you goof off for 30 years? What were you goofing off doing? Like, where were you? It's almost like Jesus, when he says to his mom at the miracle of making water into wine, he says, it's not my time, right? Um, you, that discussion could have been had you know, years and years ago. Right. Like when he's 20. Okay, what are you waiting for? It, it's almost like this, this, this macro story, I'm just seeing this for the very first time, it's very much like going to get Lazarus out of the grave. It's like what you're 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 sitting around. You say he's sick. You say he's dying. Well, well, let's go. And Jesus is like, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna linger here for a couple of days. And even now, at this point in the story, he's gonna linger a few more days. And he's waiting, I believe, for this moment. This moment. He could have died for our sins at any moment. He's God. He, he could have decided he wants to do it in any way. But this is going to be such a stamp, a, a, a final um, stake in the heart of religion of which I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the Holy Spirit's unfolding, uh, setting off some firecrackers in my head. Judaism is the religion. All the other religions are not the religion, but Judaism is the religion. And I say that because they did have the one true God. It is the religion. And when the cross goes in the ground at Passover, which with this exquisite timing, it's going to put a stake in the heart of religion. And it's dead forever. And it's important that it happens right here at the most important time, the most important day for the Jews who have the religion. He's going to kill it. And so, Jesus is doing a lot more than just dying for our sins. He's killing religion. He's putting it out of business. And he's doing it on the perfect day at the perfect time. Let me ask you real quick. I know just this has been bothering me. So, when the story is finally written, it is not going to be, and I can't think of the other word, it's not going to be a ceremonial cleansing. It's going to be a what? Hmm. When the story is finally written, we are not doing ceremonial cleansing. What is it? Hmm. I have to think about that. The ceremonial cleansing. What? What? What about the word like stands out to you? Like ritual. Ritual. Oh. The cleansing we're going. We have now. Look, I think Jesus elevates it. I don't think he I don't think he does away with it. I think he takes it up so high that it's like, okay, I'm going to do the ceremonial cleansing. When you're touched by me, now it isn't the way it always was. The way it always was was when you when you touch something unholy, you be you became unholy. But now I'm going to cleanse you and I'm going to make you holy permanently. And when when you touch unholy things, they're going to become holy. And that's going to change everything. Where well, we got the Holy Spirit. Thanks for joining us today for this week's episode of Ron and Nick's Best Friend Podcast, where we talk about who? The best friend who tells us how to live in freedom, truth, and love. For more information about him or the show, you can join us at www.ronandnicksbestfriend.com. And don't forget to subscribe. I think it's great. No, that's, there's great stuff there. <laughs>